have no idea what loss is. You have no idea what loss is. I reckon it's got something to do with that girl. He's got everything to do with that little girl. I can take care of myself! How many close calls have we had? Can't be any worse out there. Can it? Every guy in this room is staring at you right now. Maybe they're staring at you. Maybe they're jealous of you. I'm just a girl. Not a threat. Welcome to the world of The Last of Us, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for the Naughty Dog video game series and the HBO and Sky Atlantic television show. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is David. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Excellent. Uh, This is for Season 1, Episode 4. We did get some news about the show today, we will talk about that shortly. Uh, Season 1, Episode 4, Please Hold My Hand. What do you think of this episode? I enjoyed this episode quite a lot. There's there's some lovely stuff between Joel and Ellie. It's it's I mean we do get introduced to some other no, new characters, but it is very much um you know there's a lot more Joel and Ellie stuff in this, and you can see them starting to actually bond. Mm-hmm. The, you know that that's actually happening, uh, and um, so you're getting more of that. You're getting more of Ellie's. There's a lot of Ellie's humour coming out in this. Uh, there is a a. Uh, there is also um, the the scene that you mentioned last week um, about the magazines. Yes, is also and the in whole this time episode. you knew. Yes, <laughs> I didn't say anything. No, I'm, I'm glad want, that you didn't. I'm glad that you didn't. Yeah, so. yeah I didn't want to spoil it because um, yeah, I didn't want to say it was in last. But yes. Um, yeah, so that scene pops up this episode, which is very, very funny. Um, and uh, all the joke book stuff this week, uh, I really enjoyed. I thought that was really good. Yeah, and, and you know, we're getting some um, some sort of introduction of, of a few new characters who I'm sure won't be around for very long because nobody ever is other than John and Ellie in this show. Mm. Yeah, certainly. Um, I thought this episode was such a delight, just on so many different things and different levels, and um, it's it this 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 is more than just another excellent TV show. This is like a genuine treat. Like this is a genuine sort of. I, I'm just so. I wish some of you could see my face probably as I'm as I'm watching parts of this show, and I'm just like gleefully smiling at <laughs> at different parts, and. Uh, not not to kind of compare Uncharted and what happened there, but uh, and with The Last of Us, one of the one of my sort of issues with the Uncharted film was you didn't really do the characterization of those characters very well. I had other issues like it w- was a bit surprisingly boring and and whatnot, but I won't get into that too much here. The work in this episode that's done not just the relationship between Joel and Ellie, which is becoming a bit more you know a, a bit stronger and uh, and that sort of thing. But the characterizations and things like Ellie in the joke book, Joel in the coffee, and all these other different sorts of things. Um, when you're adapting something like this from a game, and characters have certain things to do with their look, or certain things that they like, 
or things that they do or things that they wear like you know that they're the appearance of the character all very very important because even if you do get because what one of my issues with with uncharted was the characterization of sully and it's not you know mark Wahlberg's fault he's a talented actor he's been in many things that have been great before but there's a difference between hey we're going to hire this really good actor who we think is going to do a good job okay that's one element of it but the other element is, okay, how do we need to dress this actor as this character? What do we need to give them? What do they need to, like, do uh, in terms of is there, is there a certain way they've got to speak or a particular mannerism for the character? Um, another kind of comparison would be if you looked at Lightyear and if you saw, okay, you've got different version of the character, which is you've got a guy in a suit who is supposed to be, you know, the, the thing the toy that we love is, is based on. And things like him saying, hey, no no signs of intelligent life anywhere. And all, all these different kind of like Buzz Lightyear mannerisms. They're, they are small little details and things, but they're so important to how you portray a, a character. Um, and I was kind of wondering, like, hey, it's been three episodes now. They've not mentioned at all Joel's coffee and Ellie's joke book. Um, okay, I'm, I'm sure those things will like will, will pop up. And, and they did in this episode, which is really good. But it's not just like, hey, there's... Joel likes coffee and, and that's it. It was put into like, okay, a scene where it makes a bit more sense. Like, okay, the morning and Americans and other people, specifically Americans. Americans like coffee quite a lot from what I understand. Um, uh, you know, in the morning, okay, for, for literally the first thing that certain people do in the morning is like go straight for their for their coffee. Yes. Uh, and it, like it sort of yeah. fit, into, it fit <laughs> into that scene and, and all that type of stuff. So, um, and yeah, as you mentioned, the, uh, the bill... Bill's uh, uh, porn magazines, basically. I was going to say adult magazines, but we all know what they are. There's no point in me yeah. skirting around what, what that is. Uh, that was really, really fun. Um, and there were a couple of times, maybe two or three times in this episode, where I thought, is are they about to show this or that? And she's in the car, and I'm like, hang on a minute. This is like the next part of the Bill section. Um, and she's reaching into the bag. I was like, are the magazines in, in, in there? Because I kind of, like, the episode had finished last week, and I kind of like, oh, maybe they're not going to do it. And I was like, oh, no, this is where this this would be popping up. Um, there was things as well, like waiting for the brick to drop on the on the truck and all these sorts of different things. Um, yeah, I was kind of thinking of, like, a meme as a good way to describe that. Do you know the, I don't know what film it's actually from, the Leonardo DiCaprio meme of him pointing at a screen. You, right. it's, like a, it's like a gif or something yeah, like that it, yeah it's from uh, uh it's from the quentin tarantino movie uh once upon a time in hollywood okay i've not uh, seen it so yeah um kind of it that does kind of me at like certain points and it's it's just really really fun <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah not i don't literally point at the screen but that same type of thing so yeah that was really great um but no other than that again fantastic character work and writing and just just everything in this in this episode was just fantastic i do have one problem with this show um it's got nothing to actually do with the show itself because of the way and we're, we're at, at the moment obviously it will stop happening now we're watching two a week we've done that for is this the second week we've we've done that we're, we're trying yes. to catch up with the screeners that we got which we finished with those now um is to like watch these episodes which some of them have been just over an hour some of them been about you know just under an hour which is like this one i like to sort of okay watch it type down immediately like what happened in the episode before I sort of forget or not forget but you know just that fresh memory sort of thing and then to actually sit and think about the episode not for like the entire rest of the night but for the next like portion of whatever I can't like go and watch other shows after 
I, or, or before I watch, <laughs> I, I tend to think like, okay, today because we, we've been watching them sort of, or I've been watching them sort of like Monday or Sunday, podcast Wednesday, then watched another episode Thursday, and then podcast Friday, which is today. Um, but whether it's before watching the episode or after, I don't watch any other television like on the day because I'm thinking about the episode, then I watch it, then the process of like thinking about what I saw. Um, so it, it's not really quite the same thing as you know when you watch like a few different shows in a night, and some of those shows are worse than others, and it's hard to like focus on a worse show after you've seen a really good show. It's not quite that sort of thing. It's just how. Like I'm trying to digest in my in my mind the episode and that sort of stuff because there's just so much here. So, um, what frequency? Because you saw these before we did before or after we did the uh, first podcast. How frequently did you watch these four episodes? Uh, I think I watched them over two nights. Okay. I, I think I, I watched them. I I mean I I binged my way through them. I was I was like you know I I just picked them up and watched them like back to back and and I watched two a night. Um, cause you know, like I say, they are quite, they, they sort of range from an hour and 20 to, to sort of 40, 50 minutes, 45, 50 minutes. So, um, I, I watched the first two and then I watched the second two, uh, of the, cause we had four screeners we mm-hmm. were sent. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I was like, not going to wait. I was just, just, <laughs> I just wanted to binge through them, particularly after I'd watched the first episode. I was like, where's this going? So yes. Um, just just thought it was brilliant and wanted to just get through it so um, as quick as i could so i i watched the first four because the problem is now that i'm stuck waiting for a couple of weeks until episode five comes out mm-hmm. so. yeah it'll be just over a week from now i think roughly because yeah. it's already friday today so um yeah got some introductions to some new characters we will see obviously me and david know who those characters are at the end of the episode that was really great the <laughs> the diarrhea joke <laughs> oh wow yeah um it's again it's such a great way because you can see joel kind of cracking in, yeah. in in that scene it's like and because the the i think the same if not similar jokes are, are, are in the game those are still optional conversations again i think the way that worked in the game i think again this is for like trophies and stuff um she it, it will trigger her like because you'll you usually in these games you'll have like a character stop by something and then they'll have a triangle prompt. You go over to them as uh, Joel. It's not always Ellie that, that triggers those. Sometimes you have ones with Tess or with, with other people. Um, but you have to get like an NPC character to walk over to something. Then you press a right. button and then they do the conversation. So you can miss all these different things. I think there are a couple of instances where the, the joke book gets introduced. Um, so you do. I think you do have to listen to at least a couple of them. Because again it's a big part of a character. Um, but then there are points where Ellie will stop next to something and there'll be a triangle prompt. But if you want to, you can just walk past it. So uh, again, the optional conversation stuff. Same thing with the with the hotel uh, speech that I talked about or the, the, the video game thing that she stops by. You can just walk past all those things, but why would you want to do that for? So yeah. that was cool. Um, so yeah, uh, what, what do you think of uh, Ellie's uh, joke book? Uh, it's it's brilliant. It's, it's the... That sort of the last scene or one of the last scenes of the episodes where where they're falling asleep and she's kind of you know she's she's sort of saying can i ask you something serious and, you, knew. And, and, yeah. and you knew it was going to be a joke and it's it's such a silly gag and, and the way it's played is just so sweet between the pair of them because you can see joel cracking up and and 
Um, you do wonder. I do wonder whether they they actually told him any of those jokes beforehand, and because uh, it seemed like such mm. a natural reaction. I do wonder whether <laughs> they changed it each take, or I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was very very funny. I, I and um, it it brings out so much of of those that that sort of bonding relationship between the pair of them, and it's it, and it's quite sweet. And and uh, yeah, I really love just. Mm-hmm. The jokes popping up throughout, like at various different points, um, and and how much of that is a bonding thing between the pair of them is is just so sweet, and I really love that through this episode. It was lovely. Yeah. So, uh, I've got two things I wanted to mention before we go into the other bits. Um, we usually do this like like the end of the podcast, but you did talk briefly. Um, it would it'll be a little bit old news at this point, but it only happened this week, so we'll just mention it here. Uh, you made an appearance on uh, a radio show thing. Yes. Would you like to talk about um, that? Yeah, sure. Uh, no, I was on um, BFBS Radio, which is the British Forces Broadcasting Service. Uh, they asked. Uh, they've basically been looking for somebody to to go on and talk about. Um, tv tv video games films um basically what's good that month mm-hmm. essentially so uh, each month i'm going to be going on and onto the breakfast show it's only a sort of little 10 minute slot but uh going to be going on to their breakfast show um with george and ben i think are the two presenters and and um i i'm i'm going to be on each month just chatting through sort of what is coming up and uh you know what i've been watching and what's worth checking out and of course last of us being the big show this month was was one of the things that i brought up uh and also mentioned you know the fact that we're doing this as well mm-hmm. so uh yeah, thank yeah you for that. it's uh yeah no no problem at all uh so yeah and, and talked about you know the website and, and all that sort of stuff as well and and other things that we've been watching and and playing and stuff so um yeah, I mean that should become a regular thing. Uh, I'm I'm going to be back on next month as well. Uh, it's kind of a miniaturized version of the Geek Town Radio podcast yeah, to a certain yeah. extent. Uh, you know, it, it's pretty much what we do over there. But um, yeah, it's it's a little short form version of that. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was lovely to be asked to to go on and and do it. And um, yeah, it's uh, the bfbs radio is available you can get it online but it's i think it's i think it's got a channel on sky as well you know they've got the radio stations on sky and various other places you can uh there's a digital channel so you can go and find it on your um if you've got a, a digital radio you can get it on that as well but uh yeah it's uh it's specifically designed for um british forces uh you know family the forces families ex-servicemen um but i mean it's it's quite a decent radio station in itself i mean it plays pop music and you know it's kind of like radio one then mm-hmm. radio two in that sort of respect uh so they have a breakfast show drive time show all that sort of stuff but uh yeah so um yeah i'll be doing that each month over on there which was uh you know but it was lovely to be asked and it was it was good fun doing it they're they're lovely pair of guys uh a guy and girl george is a girl but uh yeah so um 
yeah, it's lovely to to be able to do that over there. Nice. Well, congratulations on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Follow you know Geek Town on Twitter and whatnot. Uh, of course, David posts all the other all the usual Geek Town stuff over there. So check out all of that. So I'm sure we'll bring up Geek Town at the end of the podcast here as well. Uh, speaking of other good news, um, to the surprise of kind of nobody, um, the show <laughs> yes. got renewed. For, for season two yeah which is what i said because obviously i posted that uh, and, uh, yeah. yeah yeah to the shock of exactly no one uh it's got renewed given i mean the critical acclaim it's got i mean it's it's been called outstanding it's been called you know the best video game adaptation ever although that is somewhat of a low bar to be hitting to be fair but um yeah, I mean, the, just uh, it, it's been getting incredible reviews all over the place. Uh, not only that, it's it's not just being a critical darling, it's getting the numbers and for HBO. I mean, we mentioned before the fact that it had got like the third highest opening since um, Boardwalk Empire uh, just sits behind Game of uh, the House of the Dragon in terms of uh, the launch for hbo and that was the opening overnight numbers for for um last of us since then the second episode uh, well the first episode has amassed 22 million viewers is it 22 so 22 oh gosh now i don't to... remember i remember seeing 10 last time yeah no it's now up to 22 millions and he's still going that first episode um what's even more impressive is the overnight numbers for the second episode have been the largest jump for HBO in the history of the network. So um, they they went up, it went from um, 4.7 million to 5.7 million on the overnight numbers. And that's, so those are the initial numbers for people that like either tune in and watch it live on HBO or watch it within 24 hours of it going up on the streaming service. Uh-huh. Um, and that is the largest jump they've had for a second episode, because quite often when a show launches, you'll get quite a lot of interest because if they're promoting it a lot, the show will launch and, right, and you yeah. get loads of people watching it. Then sometimes the numbers may drop off a little bit because people have looked at it and gone, now nah, that's not for me. Um, with this, it's actually grown and grown quite substantially for its second episode. And the chances are that, I mean, that that's just the initial overnight numbers following that. I mean, as I say, it's up to 22 million for the first episode. So the second episode will likely be that sort of level as well. I mean, it's, it's a phenomenal success, uh, un- unquestionably, I think at this point. So, um, it, it really is no great surprise that they've renewed it. And I suspect it's going to be popping up all over the awards categories. And, uh, when, you know, the, next lot of emmys uh-huh, and stuff yeah. come out when it's eligible so yeah it's i mean it, it's been a huge huge hit for them so i there's no surprise at all that they've decided to renew it after only two episodes of it nice uh so yeah big big news good good news all around for for that uh it's not like yes the show's been renewed because it's kind of like of course it has you know yeah so yeah. uh you'd be insane i mean i know hbo um hbo's overlords because they're part of um warner brothers discovery have been cancelling a lot of things but you'd even they would have to be completely bonkers to not renew this you know so mm-hmm. yeah so all right good stuff all around for that uh let's jump into some housekeeping and then we'll get the recap to get to so we'll see you for all that in a minute Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, 
you can click on that link which is in your show notes which is for our affiliate link you can go over to quality to get started with your website and domain name today they've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to koalu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's koalu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to koalu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talks previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for if you also subscribe to us at the ten dollar level tier that will get you that benefit that i've just mentioned and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a tv show and a general discussion on that show or a film review of your choice so if you if there's a tv show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it we can watch two episodes of that tv show or film review so it's one of either of those per month of course if you continue subscribing each month you can pick a tv show then a film the next month and so on and so forth this is a great way to support entertainment talk get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening back to the show Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, of course a bit of time will have passed, only like a, just over a week or so would have passed between when we're recording this, which is the 27th, uh, to when this gets released, which is next, let's say Monday morning, Sunday night, whatever you want to call that, because uh, obviously we've got episode 3 to come out in between now and then, and then of course episode 4, which is this one, but in the meantime between that, I can mention some stuff we've been doing, uh, Man United beat Nottingham Forest, I almost said Newcastle, no, that's supposed to be the final, uh, Nottingham Forest by 3 goals to nil. In the semi-final of the Carabao Cup. We do have to play them again. Because there's a two-legged semi-final Carabao Cup. I don't know why it applies that way. Why it works that way. It should just be one game. Because it's normal for European competitions to do that. But uh, I don't know. It's, uh, sometimes football can be silly in those areas. Um, we do have to play Nottingham Forest again. And the only way for them to knock us out. Is to beat us by four goals. And uh, football can be strange. But I don't quite see that happening. But of course by the time you hear this. That second leg will have happened. So did we or did we not actually make the final? Uh, apparently the final isn't until March. I don't know why. I would like to just play it now. <laughs> get the competition won. So uh, it's, we'll either have Newcastle or Southampton in the final. Newcastle won their semi-final by one goal to nil. So we'll see what happens with all of that. Uh, another podcast I did recently, which is called a Why You Should Watch episode. Essentially those are designed for not really a review of sorts. It's more just me uh, taking a look at a show that I've either either recently finished or a season that's recently finished. In this case, Atlanta has finished its entire run. Ran on FX in the US, which I believe you can watch on Hulu as well, and uh, Star via Disney+. Plus. So essentially the idea there is for me to pretend that you know nothing about the show, so me to tell you about who's in it, what it's about, where you can find it, all that type of stuff, and talk about the individual qualities and all those sorts of things. So uh, brilliant, brilliant stuff with Atlanta over there. Um, Avatar has been making a lot of money at the box office recently. I did a podcast called The Avatar Anomaly um, because uh, it's made $2 billion, sort of quietly. Um, But the only things I've seen posted or talked about for this film is the news about the box office. Uh, So the question I kind of posed was, what does this sort of change Avatar's 
pop culture relevancy or impact or you know because uh, i went through the top 10 list of best all-time uh all-time sort of films and there's other sort of more culturally sort of relevant ip ip that's made sort of more impact so it was just talking about avatar in that way there's no spoilers for anything in that podcast so you can listen to that plus i've not even seen avatar 2 yet so there you go if you want our podcast of course for episodes one and two of the world of last of us you can check those out as well over on the united cast we lost 3-2 to arsenal way in the premier league so that was very very unfortunate but it's now in arsenal's hands to potentially win the league we'll see what happens with that over on gaming talk recently um we talked about hogwarts legacy again they had a recent showcase where they showed off some broomstick gameplay where you can literally just call your broomstick and fly around seemingly wherever you want which is really cool uh they showed off some more combat which was a little bit more fluid than what i thought it was going to be but in a good way and also talked about some psvr2 stuff as well uh over on the united cast we've also got the 1-1 draw away against palace in the premier league uh, classic reviews is all finished now for this mini series it's a disney pixar mini series for the films i talked about the incredibles monsters inc dinosaur and hercules so you can check those out as well month of positive creators is also finished for this year uh, those episodes were for noisy butters hannah uh chris carr alana pierce and playstation access so you can find all those channels on youtube and of course check out the podcast to just to hear me discuss each different content creator all right let's get into the recap for uh, one not 401 we're not in season four season one episode four uh please hold my hand we begin with joel and ellie specifically practicing with her gun and being curious about it you know she's uh seen guns before but this first time she's got to sort of properly mess about with one so to speak after this joel uh, siphons some gas and tries to explain to ellie how it works but he doesn't actually know because she catches on straight away uh, ellie being the bored teenager she is whips out a joke book uh, a major part of ellie's character and yet another awesome nod to the games joel uh being the old and kind of you know fed up ish sort of broken man he is isn't amused by this but by these jokes uh, and they set off in the uh, van. I think it's a van or like a truck or something. So uh, some interesting stuff to talk about here. Um, yeah, we open with like a shot, which is like straight at Ellie's sort of face uh, in, in the mirror, uh, where she's mucking about with a gun um, in the in, in the bathrooms, in the toilets, uh, while Joel is doing this siphoning. Um, this is kind of like, because you could probably, take some different interpretations of this scene i imagine um that's kind of just like not i don't know about like a new toy sort of thing but she's fascinated by it by this gun yeah. and sort of like um because some people would possibly look at this scene and say like hey you're kind of glorifying i don't know guns for teenagers or something but then you got to take the context of the situation into into consideration as well um I mean, I've openly spoken a bunch of times about, you know, the US and gun control and all that type of stuff, but none of that really applies here because this is a totally different sort of world. Um, in her mind, she needs this to survive. Um, Joel has, in her mind, wrongfully said you can't have a gun multiple times, but then we understand from Joel's perspective and Tess when she said the same thing as to why she can't. Obviously, guns are very dangerous. They don't want her shooting herself in the face by accident or shooting her butt off, as Joel says later, I think as well. Um, but yeah, he doesn't know about this right now, so we're uh, kind of an interesting little piece. Uh, what do you think of um, Ellie and the gun here? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, she picked it up without Joel knowing last week, and 
um I, yeah she's gonna be slightly fascinated by it because she's you know it's sort of we're actually getting the sort of payoff for the all, all the things of like which in previous episodes sort of seemed like they were it was becoming kind of an on-running gag of can i have a gun no uh-huh, and they're all yeah. sort of you know so but I rather like the fact that there is actually a solid payoff in this episode to that, uh, you know, and she finds a gun, she gets it and she's, she's actually, you know, she's, she's, yeah, like you say, she is playing, not playing with it, but she is sort of, you know, pretending with it and, and fascinated by it. So, yeah. And as she sort of would be in her situation, I mean, it fits the character very, very well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure there are some people which will look at it and go, oh, it's glorifying guns. But there is a very, I mean, it, there is a context to this. Yeah, yeah. Um, very much so. So I, I think, you know, they're in an incredibly dangerous environment. And, and I mean, part of you thinks, yeah, she probably should have a gun. Because, you know, if they get separated, she's only got that butterfly knife and that's they're in an incredibly dangerous environment so you know yes she needs to know how to use it but she needs yeah it would make sense i know she's only 14 years old but it would make sense for her to have a gun um so yeah it's it's that bit's really lovely the uh, that bit's really kind of interesting. The lovely bit, though, is is the the when he's siphoning the fuel out and he's he can't explain it. Um, you know, he's like, "Look, it just I, it works, okay." <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, and and she sort of picks up on him and teases him a bit about it, and then whips out the joke book and the jokes. The, I mean, the the jokes are wonderfully awful throughout the whole thing, which I really love. And and you know, they're they're very much your sort of what you refer to maybe as dad jokes, pretty much. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they're they're <laughs> terrible things out of a joke book, and and um, I I love that throughout. It's such a wonderful bit of her character, and and the whole of this episode there are on multiple points of it's very much building that bonding relationship between the pair of them throughout the whole episode. And and I really love that. I, I think it's wonderful how it's working. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I just remembered like there's a few different parts in the game where you can, uh, get the optional conversations for the books. And most of Joel's responses is just sort of like grunting or sighing in a very kind of old man type of way of like, <laughs> I'm not angry at this kid. I'm not going to like, you know, be angry at her, but these jokes are just, uh, you know, okay. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, it's interesting the way the jokes work though, because there are jokes that are just bad and you don't laugh and that's it. But these are like comically bad, the the deliberately cheesy sort of comically bad jokes that you're like, that's a terrible joke, but it's badly funny at at the same time. Um, rather than just, okay, that was bad. I'm not going to laugh. So, which is the whole point. Um, and they're, yeah, they're such silly jokes, but they're, they're so, so good. Um, so that's awesome as well. Um, but yeah, she's kind of, it, it, there was like this little moment, um, I think it was just after he tries to explain about siphoning the gas, and then there's like a moment where there's, they're just kind of standing there, and you can tell like Ellie's about to do something, and she's got this kind of like, hey, I don't want to wait around, I'm a bored like teenager, and she wants something to do, and then she just whips the book out. I was like, no, is is this it? And then, like, it, it actually was the joke books. That was that was really really good. I mean, the the opening just ten minutes of this episode is just such a such a delight in so many different ways. So, in the car, they begin discussing their journey, 
Um, Ellie, again being the teenager she is, did indeed take uh, Bill's infamous gay porn books and asks why the pages are stuck together, which is what I brought up in the previous podcast. Yes. Uh, so I've, I've kind of... Um, Describe the scene that you knew was in the episode, but uh, yeah, uh, she jokes and claims she she that she does know why, uh, and she throws the books out the window. Just after this, they play a song on the tape, and it's from the first trailer. Um, uh, sorry, the the trailer from the sorry, it's the song from the first trailer of the show uh, that they they put out all that right, time yeah. ago. I think that was on like the outbreak day, quote unquote, when they celebrate the games. In- interesting kind of little part here. Okay, adults watching the show know why the books are stuck stuck together. She does claim to also know why they're stuck together, but, like, doesn't say why she thinks they are. I do kind of, like, wonder, like... Okay, she she thinks that she does know why they're stuck together. Obviously, Joel knows, we know, all all the sort of, like, adults watching the show would, would, would probably know. But I wonder what she actually thinks is the reason. And both here... And in the games, it's just kind of like, oh yeah, she, she tells you that she does. Joel's Joel, all Joel wants her to do is like, hey, either put them away or throw them away, or like you like yeah, just get rid of what, them. Yeah, just yeah. just get rid of them. Um, what what do you kind of think of 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 that? Like, okay, uh, she I'm, says she knows why, but okay, I, I mean, fourteen year old girl, she probably I I, I mean. She's. I'm sure she's seen a lot in the time she's been alive. I. Uh-huh. I, I. I don't know. I. I suspect she probably does understand, and know. Um. Mm-hmm. I would think. Yeah. So, um. But yeah, that was a funny um, bit from the episode as well. Uh. And yeah, they put in this tape. Um. I think there's a little comment from Ellie as well about um. She says like, "Oh, this is so and so." It's like, "Oh, it's your time." And Joel's like, "No, this is actually before my time." Yeah, <laughs> kind of thing, which is which is really great. So, uh, yeah, what do you think of this whole car scene? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really lovely bonding scene. I mean, <laughs> despite what they're actually doing and and the fact that it's about these sort of game four books, but um, it is actually a really sweet scene between the pair of them and them sort of bonding and arguing over music and it's the type of thing. I mean. The, the sort of arguing over music stuff is the type of thing that you get on road trips when you've got like younger kids in the car and, and that sort of stuff and the fact that they're messing about and you know they're bored mm, and yeah you the, know, the and are then, we there yet type of uh attitude i suppose like they, they, yeah. when the kids get bored and that so i is it in this scene where he mentions he says something about sort of um uh, why don't you get some sleep? And she's not. Uh, and she says, "I'm not tired." And then they cut to a scene where she's like completely out <laughs> as well. I think that's the next car park. Yeah, I, I like the next car well. park. Yeah, the, but yeah, there's that as well, which is really funny. You know, the the car scenes are just really lovely. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's really good. Uh, they both settle for the night in the woods uh, with more bad jokes from Ellie uh, as it draws closer to night time. Uh, Joel gets up in the middle of the night, concerned, and uh, to to investigate a potential disturbance. We don't actually specifically see or hear anything, but uh, he's alert, which is good to a degree. Obviously, you don't want to um, disturb your own sleep, but uh, he's he's alert for obvious reasons. Uh, but there's no problem, um, so it settles there. Cue the morning. Um, Ellie wakes up second uh, and takes a look at a coffee pot. Um, she hates it. Uh, to, to Ellie's further annoyance, he kind of slurps or drinks sort of loudly in in, <laughs> in the car, which is great. Uh, yeah, I was wondering when they were going to bring this up as well. Again, it's not like a 
major major plot thing but it's it's characterization it's it's giving um coffee's brought up quite a few times as i mentioned in i think it was episode two when i was describing the hotel scene and there's like a bit on the on the left uh, side of of that room uh with another optional kind of conversation thing and he says that he really misses coffee so um yeah he uh, and ellie definitely doesn't like she opens the the coffee pot and obviously it's you know fully brewing and all that sort of stuff and she yeah. just really that that that's me when i see see <laughs> coffee if you want to talk about like let's say cold and hot drinks guinness and coffee are, are just awful drinks um where where do you sit on the hot beverages i suppose <laughs> well i know i mean i i am a coffee addict i i drink coffee every i mean i i only i only drink I one stand very, it. i only drink very one very large cup but i i i it's like how i wake up in the morning is right. coffee uh so yeah no absolutely i'm yes that's that's my because i mean i don't drink so uh coffee's like my one vice is <laughs> drinking coffee in the morning so um hmm. we've never talked yeah. about that before so, no uh. <laughs> no we haven't but yes no i mean i don't i don't drink alcohol but the the um um yeah coffee is my one sort of main vice so um yeah that's that 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 i quite like that that scene because um they are it is pretty disgusting smelling if you're if you're sort of not really used to it. But I mean, I like the taste of it, so you know. Hmm. Yeah, my dad's the the coffee drinker in the family. I, I drink tea, so I'm drinking tea right now actually. So, um, yeah, that's where we we stand on all the stuff. And I do I do drink, but uh, just not Guinness. Just not Guinness. <laughs> I, I remember when I went to because I was trying to sign up for this like rock climbing club thing. This was like ages ago. And it was like Guinness or something else. I can't remember what the other ones are. I was like, oh, we have kind of heard of Guinness. I'll, I'll, I'll try that. And like, even the color of it, I was like, this look, it's even like looks different. And started drinking it, and I was like, yeah, it's just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. I have, I have. I mean, I, I did used to drink. I just don't drink now. But the, uh, but yes, I know what you mean about Guinness. It is, it's an acquired taste. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's quite a few like beers that taste similar, not the same, but Guinness is just totally different. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Joe likes coffee. Um, don't know what cold drinks he likes, but maybe that's on the next episode. <laughs> um, but uh, Ellie doesn't. I'm with you, Ellie. Uh, but you're with Joel on this side, I, I suppose. Um, after that, uh, any thoughts on like Joel being kind of disturbed in in the night and and that sort of stuff? No, again, it's more sort of bonding stuff between the pair mm-hmm. of them, and yeah, you know, it it, it shows how alert he is and he's sort of trying to get you know he he does make a point of saying well you know i'll go we'll go to sleep here we we should be relatively safe because you know i mean he's more concerned about people out there rather than infected because of the fact that they're in the middle of this wood mm-hmm. and um you know infected aren't really around there but then he hears noise sort of wakes up you know so he is there there is a sort of slight uneasiness to it but you know he does make the point of saying i need to get sleep because i've got to you know he's planning on basically just driving through the next sort of 24 hours pretty much mm-hmm. yeah um yeah again great stuff with the night waking up and ellie with the joke book again uh I uh, already talked about that bit. They continue on, uh, and we see a few tanks that have been destroyed um, and left behind. So it's sort of showing that sort of desolated world 
design which again we've, we've talked about a few times which just continues to look great whether it's buildings cars tanks in this situation or just overgrown you know areas it's it's a big big staple of uh, the visual design of of the last of us so uh they do that uh they continue looking on a map um which most people obviously would have like smartphone apps and stuff but they haven't got that in this situation um joel begins to talk about his and tommy's and tess's uh, past explaining Tommy's um, who they're on their way to find this where they're currently actually going Wyoming I think he said before mm-hmm. uh, backstory about um, the army after college etc uh, Ellie asks if you don't uh, think there's any hope for the world why bother going on Joel says for family Ellie responds via sort of question uh, saying she isn't family and Joel responds nope your cargo um, mm-hmm. not in an insulting way but just like no you aren't my family you are just like okay we are bonding you, you know we're not just like kind of random as to each other we're getting to know each other but you're not family um you are just like the whole reason we're in this car together in the first place or this uh vehicle um is because you are technically kind of cargo yeah. so um because the job is to get her to where she's got to go so um but yeah as uh, obviously somebody who's played the games and gone through their story and seen where it where it gets to um yeah, it, it, there's interesting little different points and like moments within Ellie and Joel's relationship, which is like one of the fundamental things of this whole series. And uh, lines like that are ones that sort of stick out. And you see um, as you go through, you know, the, uh, the series or, or the games, um, how that kind of changes over time. Uh, I mean, they're not trying to kill each other anymore like they were doing when they first met, but uh, slowly bonding, but not not family. Not family at this point. Um, what do you think of what Joel's talking about here? Yeah. Um, I, at the moment, yes, he does still see her as cargo, but you are seeing that change throughout this episode. And, and you know, even I think by the end of the episode, you, you're really starting to see that bond probably form. So, um, yeah, I think it's it, it's an interesting point that he makes calling a cargo at that point. Um but, and uh, the conversation backwards and forwards, the sort of backstory about um, Tommy and, you know, why do you carry on if there's if you don't think there's any hope and all that sort of stuff. I, I think, yeah, it's it, it's it's again, it's a lot more character building, a lot more sort of, you know, there's a lot of that in, in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Uh, they soon end up in a town. Things start to look slightly more bleak with more Fedra QZs, uh, um, quarantine zones, and more blocked off areas and that type of thing. A guy appears uh, claiming to need help. Joe knows, Joel knows what's up, however, and tells Ellie to buckle up to put your seatbelt on. Um, I was going to say something about Rishi Sudak, but I'm going to leave that out. Uh, queuing an action scene <laughs> with these raiders. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, that just jumped straight into my brain I don't know why, uh, we yes. talked about that at work today but um, yeah it tells her to, to buckle up uh, queuing an action scene with these raiders they go past him but start getting attacked there's a guy that throws a brick at the truck uh, they get shot a few times and swerve into a laundrette, I think it's a laundrette uh, they then realise they are cornered however Joel asks Eddie to go through a hole in the wall and not to come out after a uh, not to come out after a shootout Joel gets tackled to the ground and is almost killed almost choked to death by a, like part of a gun however following from last week's episode 
Uh, Ellie uses her gun and saves Joel. Uh, the other guy pleads for his life, but Joel kills him off screen. But you can tell he's he, he's dead. There's a particular well, yes. sound that he makes off screen. As we follow Ellie, they don't properly talk about this until later. For now, they just want to get away from the situation. Um, again, this was another one of them kind of like um, that. You know, a, a big set piece from the game is coming up, and I'm kind of waiting for something to happen. Yeah. And it it was an interesting little like camera movement because I saw the guy and I was like, okay, I know I know what bit this is, and it's a guy that pleads for help and stuff. Uh, in fact, if you watch the um, the Last of Us Part One trailer, like the specific, I think it's the launch trailer for the remake of the game. Uh, well, I think it would be the newest trailer for that. Uh, this scene is kind of uh, portrayed in in that as well in, in a bit in a bit of a different sort of context obviously for a, like a trailer thing um so he appears and then they start shooting at the car and it was this bit where like okay he's gonna shoot they're gonna drive sort of past him kind of thing and the camera like till it up and i was like the brick's about to come <laughs> uh and then just, just sort of waiting for that to drop and then um they just get some more shots hit at them and uh it, it's interesting like uh, again, some of this is green screen and whatnot. You'd be surprised what you could do with the green screen. And some of it's obviously like practical locations and whatnot. And it is difficult to tell, but that's kind of the point as to which ones is is which. And I was like, okay, I kind of know obviously where, where this is going. They're going to crash into something, but like, what's it going to be? What's the layout of that building? Because I can kind of like visually remember... Like from from the cutscene when you get out of the car, like the layout of stuff that is like a slightly bigger area as well. There's like a little um, not QTE, but there's a bit where Joel's being held against some glass, and you've got to like tap square a bunch of times, similar to like when um, you get out of the car in the uh, in the beginning. You know when they crash in the in the vehicle with Sarah, and you got to kick the door off. It, it's sort of like one of them things. Um, they didn't quite go into like all of all of that, but this was like the the basis of that. So. Um, so yeah, this was like a smaller version of that, but um, again, this is where things are getting still adapted correctly, but minimized and changed to fit the TV format. Because mm-hmm. if you're in this bit in the game and you're spending five, ten minutes, depends on how long it takes you to do whatever, you can't really afford to spend that much time doing it. I, th- I thought the shootout scene itself and the action and what happened was like long enough, and and they they did that on the right level. Um, plus they kind of added a little bit here like there's no guy that sort of pleads in this way um, unless the the only way you can make that happen is if it's like the last person you've shot their leg or something and there is an animation that you can cue to sort of make them plead but that's not the same thing as sort of what's what's going on here Um, because they they sort of like beg you not to shoot them and stuff and um, that's like an interesting little animation, animation and interaction. So, um, but yeah, it's just like camera tilts up, and I was like, okay, where's the brick? Brick comes down, they swerve into the thing. So that was uh, again, it, again, it's just just on a base level, it's just fascinating to see this be adapted to to just live action, whether it be TV or film. Just see seeing seeing this thing come to life. So <laughs> it's brilliant. Uh, what do you think of these uh, car scenes here? The car scene. Yeah, I mean, I. I can't really compare it to the game because I struggle to remember exactly what happened in the game. So it's quite nice going mm-hmm. through um, and watching this just with a completely fresh mind. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the scene. There, there was the sort of uh, telling Ellie to go and hide in the hole, I thought was was something of a kind of nod to the game mechanic, I, I guess. 
going into this of sort of getting Heli to squeeze into places where Joel wouldn't fit. I mean, yeah, I know it, yeah. it wasn't ex- exactly that, but, you know, um, there was a sort of element of that too. Uh, so, yeah, and we're getting the payoff in this scene of of the constant thing of, of Ellie asking for the gun and we actually see a, her actually use it here. So, um, you know, what started out as seemingly quite a silly joke actually had a purpose or, you know, quite a sort of ongoing gag that about Ellie wanting a gun actually came to, to a point with this. Um so yeah, I like how they brought all this together. Um, you know, the and you also get an explanation later of how Joel knew uh what was happening as well. You know, mm-hmm. they have that conversation later where they talk about that. Um so yeah, I mean I I really like this scene. And again, it, it plays into the sort of bonding between the two of them as well in a weird way. So yeah, I really solid throughout i thought this was yeah yeah um but there's a small little like you know if you want to call it qte um thing where there's like a piece of glass uh that kind of gets i think you do see it in the trailer as well and a guy attempts to like shove joel onto it then you press square a bunch of times he sort of leans himself back and then he smashes the other guy onto it so i was kind of wondering if that would come up but but it didn't so uh, who knows maybe it comes up in a in a later bit or something um but then they they made a a little bit interesting difference with the guy who's pleading for his life. In terms of that specific thing, um, and like you know, should he or shouldn't he have killed him? Joel has to kind of kill this guy because, as we find out very soon after, this is part of like a bigger group, and all, all that would have happened is that that guy would have gone back to his leader and said, "Hey, there's this like probably girl and man or however he would have described them," and said like they look roughly like this or something, and we and we've got to go and find them. Yeah. Because um, even though they're kind of alerted in terms of because they find this guy later, don't they? They they bring him in, mm-hmm. um, so they're they're aware that like I mean he could have been killed by anybody still, but they're kind of alerted that like somebody's out there. So we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, um, Joel has to kill this guy. Uh, I mean, it, to be honest, if he like you know if Joel sort of turns away and then walks, it's possible this guy finds some weapon and then just like attacks Joel behind his back or something. So. Uh, and again, he's got Ellie to look after and himself to look after, so uh, he kind of needed to to kill this guy. Plus, the whole show he was kind of putting on about, hey, I don't want to die, and this and that, was probably just show as well, because mm-hmm. um, you probably would do that sort of thing in, in that situation, because um, he's not like egging him on or anything, um, which is what you wouldn't want to do in that situation, so... Uh, where do we go from here? Uh, the group is seemingly bigger than initially realised when an army vehicle, I couldn't for life me think of how to describe this, so I just put vehicle, shows up. It's like this tank, not tank, sort of got a minigun yeah, thing on it. Yeah, so. it's sort of a, a armoured personnel carrier kind of thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that shows up. Ellie and John managed to get away for now. Uh, cue the introduction of this group's leader. Um, and there's a guy being questioned, and her right-hand man, played by Jeffrey Pierce, uh, who is Tommy from the game. So if that, right, his, yeah. if his voice uh, sounds familiar to any of you, yeah, that is uh, Tommy, who does the, say, the performance work, because obviously they do motion capture and voice uh, for him, which was great to see. I either forgot he was going to be in this or didn't know, but I'm going to go with the first. I think I forgot, because I, I yeah. think when we did the preview, I remember reading his name out, Yeah. and then, but I just for some reason forgot that he was going to be in this. 
Um, I don't think we know who knew who he was going to be either. No, I he don't was just listed as like a guy, but um, somebody, yes. yeah. Because we'd seen Ashley in the trailer, and then we'd seen Troy in in the trailer, who's obviously Ellie and Joel for, for the games, but we hadn't seen uh, Jeffrey Pierce. But that's really cool. Uh, she's looking for someone called Henry and questions a man she seemingly uh, was cared for. Uh, a lot and was very very involved in her life this guy kind of explains about like hey remember i kind of um did he say de- delivered you or something like that like he was yeah. there when she was being, being it, born it, yeah it, it sounds like the guy that she's questioning was the sort of family doctor yeah i think almost like a herschel impression. kind of person yeah herschel i mean from Walking I, Dead. yeah I, it, it sounds like he's he was probably the the doctor at the local hospital or the family the the local kind of physician um that that you know delivered the babies and you know was was well known to the community i i i suspect that's sort of who he was so yeah yeah uh says that uh she knows she uh should kill him but kind of can't at least not at this very particular moment um she's called outside to see two victims one of them being the guy that job just killed a minute ago in the previous scene and some other person as well uh there's then a comment made about the doctor um which the guy uh in the container um which is the guy in the container However, she returns, and I'm pretty sure it's the same container, just goes back and just, yeah. with no hesitation, just shoots him. Uh, you hear, yeah. like, a body drop, and she just walks off. So, uh, which she was going to do that before anyway, um, but she was struggling to because of, obviously, the reasons on screen. Um, so, yeah. Uh, interesting with this, because this is where the extension parts kind of come in, because there is the same group in the game, because I just explained the whole, like, brick-dropping thing yeah. and, and everything so this is i think they're called raiders mm-hmm. in uh but i think they're both called raiders in, in the show and in and in the game they're essentially just like a a group of, of random people um but they happen to have gotten hold of some more military equipment as you can see they're a bit more armed they've got some more guns they obviously got this vehicle that they got as well um so you you do see them for a portion of time in the game um, but you don't see. I think that this character that this woman's playing and the one that Tom uh, Jeffrey Pierce is playing. Um, I mean, the group had a leader in the game. They just weren't sort of shown and you know fully characterised in that. So they've gone to uh, try and flesh out those characters a little bit more. I don't know specifically why or how that those two characters will play out later, unless they just wanted to sort of like, okay, we'll play out the same parts from the game, but we'll just you know give a bit more oomph to a, a leader um because he, he, that that's the stuff where you know that they're bringing in this extended parts for the for the show that um we see who she's a part of and that but we don't know uh the specific use for the character so um because even in the game with these parts i don't remember them mentioning like hey we got a report back to so and so and whatever it was just a, another group of slightly armored people you come across um there is actually a couple of sections i don't know if they'll do this in the show uh where you've got to, obviously in in a video game style kind of go from cover to cover in between when this vehicle is shooting at you um they might do some bits of that probably not for quite as long uh and then there's other parts where some of these like soldiers are in these different buildings you've got to work your way through those but you can't go to certain areas to fight them because you'll be too much in the open because there's vehicles in the street and it will shoot at you. So, um, And one of the upgrades they did for part one, which is the remake on PS5, um, to use 
Matthew's words specifically, the, the director of, of part one, is more chippables and breakables. Essentially what that means, obviously, mm -hmm. when um, when this very heavy and like powerful gun is shooting at stuff, when you get like it shooting at glass and other like surfaces, things sort of break off in a in a better style. Uh, and make it feel like a bit more right, sort of impactful. Yeah. So that was really cool as well. So I don't, I don't know if we'll get those scenes uh, in the show, um, but the vehicle's still there, so uh, possibly we'll get something later on. Um, any thoughts on that within the game and how that might translate here? Um, no, I mean, I there, there is clearly something that they've they're sort of expanding this group yeah. out. I hadn't realised they cool. were that. Yeah, I didn't realise they were sort of that limited in the game. It's interesting because with a lot of things that are sort of games to TV or games to film, they end up chopping stuff out. And what's rather interesting with this is they kind of end up doing the opposite and actually are expanding stuff quite a lot. Um, and uh, I mean, one of the beautiful things about last of us is the fact that neil Druckmann is involved in it so yeah. even though they are expanding things out it doesn't feel like it's going wildly in a different direction which <clears throat> halo uh, <laughs> i mean i you know i i whilst i you know i'm not a huge fan of the halo games and i rather enjoyed the tv show but i can entirely understand why fans of the video games got very upset with that tv show um whereas with this it does still feel part of of the same world it just like you're seeing things that you just didn't see in the video games you know um and and i think that's what makes it so special and what what makes it work so well is the fact that Druckmann is the person there that's helping craft it um so yeah, uh, and uh, you know he he clearly had some idea in his head of who this group would be, even if you didn't actually see them. So and now he gets to add that on screen, which is wonderful, you know. Um, the I mean, and and it sort of makes sense with this group of because it feels like what seems to have happened is the the impression I got certainly was they they have sort of kicked Fedra out and have taken over this quarantine zone. You know, they, they basically, you know, whatever was going on, they weren't happy with and they've kicked Fedra out and they've sort of become revolutionaries and, and, and she is taking control and taking a leadership role of that, which, you know, fits in perfectly. I mean, I'm sure that sort of thing would happen in this sort of environment. I mean, we saw what the QZ was like, back where Joel came from and how restrictive it was. So it mm -hmm. would make perfect sense that if you got a bad leader of a uh, bad federal leader in there that was being very draconian, the people probably would revolt and take over, you know? And I mean, we know there were some revolutionaries, I think back in Joel's, I mean, you know, the people that, that the fireflies are essentially that. So, um, yeah, you know, um, yeah, I, th this makes perfect sense. You know, it fits perfectly well into the world. And uh, I, I don't know for what purpose they've done this and, you know, what we're actually going to see from it. But yeah, uh, makes sense. Even if they do just the same stuff with this group, but you have, instead of just red shirts, you have, okay, still some red shirts there, obviously, but two 
leader characters that you just attach to this group, I think that's fine. Because um, you could have taken either either approach with that, but um, I mean, I don't imagine we'll get like flashbacks of this leader character and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, so we'll we'll see what they do. But yes, yeah, interesting. Even you know, from somebody else played the games a few times, um, that I see the purpose here, but I don't know what the the full result of it will be. So yeah, that's cool. But that's where the extension part kind of comes in, which is great. Uh, just note it down as well. There's a few additional scenes with her and her right hand man. Uh, they find part of a ground that's damaged and moving potentially, and I put infected question mark in in bracket bra- bracket sorry uh and then they check an attic as well to see if they can find henry there's some, like some canned food and stuff uh that's mm-hmm. who they're mainly looking for um what do you think's going on with the ground here yeah there's sort of a room it looked like a sort of basement room where they end up sort of locking it off don't they or say said you know bar off the building or something yeah, and, like a restricted yeah. area type thing yeah so I'm assuming that's going to come into play in the next episode or something. But mm. um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it appears that it's infected in some way, I guess. You heard so, some like stuff, but you didn't hear any sort of clickers or specific, yeah, specific infected. But there might yeah, be something. You don't, yeah, there, there seems to be yeah something is, is happening there. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know exactly what. Yeah, it's pretty cool. There is a little section in the game... Uh, where you are underground with, I think it's just Joel and Ellie, and there's, like, rats at certain points, but that's nothing unusual for, like, these types of areas to have rats in there. So, no. um you might see them at some point as well. So, uh, and, yeah, there's not much to say about this attic scene. It seems like somebody's been there, but they're continuing to look for uh, Henry. So, um, yeah, we'll see where that goes. Uh, back to Joel and Ellie. Um, they wait in a building as the raiders go past. During this, they discuss what actually happened. This is their sort of... These are what you call breather moments. And I, yeah. I, I've mentioned these sorts of things before. Um, Joel is somewhat more comfortable about Ellie having a gun, kind of. Uh, knowing she'll probably need one. I think we'll probably uh, know that as well. He teaches her how to hold it. Uh, he tells her not to put it in her pocket, however, and uh, however, and her instead her bag. But when he's not looking, she puts it in a jacket pocket. I think it's her right jacket pocket, and then they uh, leave after this. Um, again, really great. Uh, not just singular character development, but relationship development here as well. Uh, and given what we've seen over these four episodes so far, um, you know, not not allowing her to have a gun and whatnot. This is a pretty big deal for both of these characters. So um, I thought this was really, really great as well. I don't, I'm trying to think back to the first game. If there is a specific cutscene that's like this, where he's sort of saying, hey, this is how you hold a gun and that. But I don't specifically remember that. Um, there might have been that I've forgotten, but I don't know. Um, there, there's, it, it's interesting because the scene that's similar to the Ellie saving him one is in like a totally different place. Because um, there's a bit, I don't, this isn't really a sort of a spoiler, there's a bit where um, uh, they got separated for a certain reason and you work your way through some, you know, clickers and raiders and, and whatnot and I remember you're climbing up a ladder at a certain point and there's like this little um, uh, part where there's water and stuff, like there's been a, um, what do you call it, flood type thing. And there's a guy at the top of this ladder. You can't do anything. Because once you've pushed him a certain amount up the ladder, the game sort of takes over. And then he climbs up it. This guy kicks Joel off the ladder. 
and tries to drown him. You press like square a bunch of times and he's trying to grab his gun and, and that. And then Ellie shoots this guy. So that's like kind of that scene translated to the earlier one. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's kind of moaning. And he says something very blank about sort of like, oh, cheers. And they kind of move on. And Ellie's like, no, we need to kind of talk about this. And I just like saved your life in this sort of stuff. So what they're doing in this scene that we just mentioned and the bit from earlier seems like a combination of that. Um, but yeah, for some reason, I don't remember specific sort of, this is how you hold it and, and this and that, but, uh, still quite good. So, um, yeah, uh, in, interesting kind of bonding between the two of them. Again, things like little things like this continue to happen and, uh, we'll see where it leads to. Uh, what do you think of the gun scene here between Ellie and Joel? Yeah. I mean, I, I think Joel seems to be coming round to the rather sensible point that she probably does need to hold a gun. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, and he's trying to get her to be responsible with it. And of course she isn't uh, entirely because she does stick it in a pocket. And he's, you know, she's, I think he's also trying to not have her in a situation where she's, she can easily pull the gun out. I think it's le- less of her kind of accidentally setting it off and more. I, I, I rather feel that it might be more a case of if she puts it in a backpack she's got to go and, you know, get it rather than she can kind of just whip it out of a pocket and point it at somebody. So yeah. I, I think there are multiple things going on there. But yeah, you know, he's he's trying to be as responsible as he can be instead of saying, you know, this is how you shoot it, take your finger off the trigger, all this sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it absolutely makes sense. And it's again, it's a really nice little sort of bonding moment between the pair of them. Yeah, very good stuff. Uh, as they both continue to move, they enter another building because they leave that one and go into another one. Uh, this time attempting um, to go upstairs. Quite a few of them, in fact, and Joel gets tired. However, Ellie taunts him about being old, 56, he specifically mentions. So she's 19. No, sorry, Bella is 19. 14. Uh, yes. she's, she's 14 and uh, he's 56. Uh, as they continue to move, Ellie asks about the man they came across. He reveals he's been on both sides of the equation, but doesn't talk about killing innocent people specifically, because she says, like, did you ever kill innocent people? And he just says, uh, let's just keep moving, kind of thing. Uh, they continue to move. Um, they then find a room to stay in for the night, and Joel sets a glass trap. Uh, uh, Joel asks Ellie um, what did uh, she mean when she said that wasn't her first time with the kill. Um, but she doesn't want to talk about it, at least at the moment. Again, they're bonding, but there's still some small little kind of like, hey, you mentioned this, do you want to talk about it more? No. And then the, 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 you get that from sort of both of them. So they're not completely open and free with each other, but they're kind of... But barriers are being broken down slowly, but barriers are still kind of there, I think is a good way to sort of put that. Uh, she doesn't want to talk about it. Ellie then uh, pulls out another joke about diary. <laughs> Uh, to do with it uh, running in your jeans. Yes. Um, yeah, and the two uh, of them just burst out with laughter, including myself. So, um, <laughs> it's, yeah, again, it's just such a bad joke, but it's one that makes sense. And, uh, yeah, you can see that barrier kind of being joke- broken down, specifically a bit more with Joel, because uh, he's kind of like starts to chuckle. And then they think about it more, and the, the two of them are kind of silent because you know they're thinking about the joke. And they just just keep laughing. And as I, as I mentioned before with The Last of Us, you know, some people talk about these games in terms of, oh, they're not fun and this kind of stuff. I mean, the fun from a gameplay perspective, the story I would not describe as fun. It is very bleak and, and, and quite dark because of what the story's about. But within that, there are these moments of happiness. There are these moments of laughter. They do 
laugh at certain things within the game. There are moments of happiness. Um, and I spoke before about, uh, you know, the bit just after Tess got bitten in episode two. And they go across that little bridge of sorts. And there's like a nice sunrise type of shot. And Ellie say, sorry, Joel saying, is this everything you hoped for? So there are moments like that. And it's good to sort of balance the tone of the story out with that. It's not just these two sulk the entire way through their journey and, you know, mm-hmm. are, are blanking each other. Um, and this is kind of where this, like, touching upon the human condition thing sort of pops up. And it does get... Um, it still continues to get deeper as the thing goes and it gets even deeper in i think part two uh which it looks like we're going to see that with the with the renewed second season um but yeah it, it's important to have these moments of happiness i think in this story as well otherwise it would kind of be just this is just bleak and dark and, and yeah and that sort of it so it it's important to do that but it also it's not just a fact of like oh let's have these characters be happy for a minute it's that again it's a human con- condition of trying to sort of I guess you could say look for the light in light uh light in the darkness type of thing. Um yeah. again very sort of thematic and all that type of stuff which I really like. Uh what did you think of this uh, scene? Um yeah, I I really like the scene. I the the stuff about sort of the going upstairs and Joel's being tired and she's making fun of him and uh, and they there's even a little sort of back and forth about why you're laying glass on the floor and she and he sort of has to explain it and then you also get but you, you know, so it it's just quite nuanced because you get then get this conversation about, you know, Ellie's clearly got a past and you know, she talks about the fact that it's not her first time killing somebody essentially and and but doesn't want to talk about it so you know there's there's obviously something else else there and then you get this really silly joke which just breaks all the tension so yeah uh it's it's really lovely and and like you say you've got to have these these elements in there and it's Ellie's character that brings that out because if you were just following Joel, it would be a very kind of dark show. And the fact that Ellie is there, you have this slightly lighter element and yes, she's in danger at times and, and all that sort of stuff, but her character, her sort of wonderment at being out in the world really brings this additional element to it. So, um, you know the, the the way the two characters play off each other it's just so well written and um yeah i i just really love this scene i think it, it's it's great and and shows so much of both of them absolutely yeah uh and then just the quick last scene the two uh wake up to find themselves being held at gunpoint by a man and a young boy uh, me and David know who these two characters are we're not going to say to who they're about or or whatever we will let the episode uh show that to you as well but very much looking forward to seeing these two um kind of wondered you know what episode they'd pop up and whatnot and what would go on with that but uh yeah interesting to see these two pop up um what do you think of the last little scene there well yeah i can't really say much more about it <laughs> other than i mean i actually can't remember who these two are uh i i think i know but i i can't specifically remember so i'm i'm as in the dark as as the rest of you at this point because as i say i have played the game it's just been a very 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 long time since i have Mm -hmm. so it'll come back to me i'm sure when they they probably i think i've figured out who they are but um yeah uh so yes i'm looking forward to uh to seeing that when we catch up with the episodes yeah 
Awesome. That's the end of the episode. Um, let's get in some feedback, some emails and whatnot. If you'd like to continue to write in, we've got a little bit of catching up with the emails to do here because, of course, our podcast for two has come out, but three hasn't yet. So we're doing this again a little bit out of sync. Again, we won't leave anybody behind. And even if we talk about episode five, if you still got feedback for episode one, feel free to send it in because I'm sure we'll still love to discuss whatever you want to talk about. Um, you can do that by writing in to Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page information in your show notes, email box on the website version of the episode, and a clickable email name in your show notes as well. John writes in, says, uh, so I take it The Last of Us, or T-T-L-O-U, T-L-O-U is Matt's favourite game, or do you like part two <laughs> more? Um, I've got clear sort of like, 24 is my favourite show, uh, Toy Story 2 is my favourite film, in terms of games, I mean, I don't really have a favourite comic book because I've only read Walking Dead and some, some issues of Spider-Man and some issues of Batman. So in terms of comic books, it's Walking Dead kind of by default. Um, I still really love Crash Bandicoot 3. Um, I suppose if you... like, Because if, if I was to pick game from my childhood, it would be Crash 3, but then game from adult life would be Last of Us 2. Um, I do think Last of Us 2 is a better game than the first one, but it's not just sort of like okay, this one's better because the other one's worse. It's more just, it makes an improvement on, on the first one, well, both, from, yeah. both from story and from gameplay, but that's what you want a sequel to do. You want a sequel to outdo the the original, or at least be equal to it. Um, I go back and forth on whether it's Crash 3 or Last of Us 2. Um, I, 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 it, it's one of the two of them. Um, but uh, but the, the thing is, if someone says, like, hey, Matt, you have to choose between the two of them, they're such different games, which is interesting because they're both made mm-hmm. by the same company, which is Naughty yeah. Dog. It's just you've got the 90s version of Naughty Dog and then the uh, 2020 version of Naughty Dog, which made uh, different games. But then that kind of goes to show their strength because they made a platformer from a you know fictional Australian animal and then they made a kart racer with those same characters. And then they made uh, another one with this Jack and Daxter character. Then they made like a, you know, Hollywood blockbuster with Uncharted. And then they made these two games. So um, that just shows you the talent of the studio, that they're able to make things that are so different. So, um, but I love Part 2 and I love Crash Bandicoot 3. I don't really know what else to say in terms of those things. But um, there's other games I love, of course, as well. But if you're talking about my favourite game, is probably those two. Um, where do you sit on what your favourite game is? Well, I mean, I as I say, I played Last of Us, but it was a long time ago. And the the problem I have is I'm I'm primarily a PC gamer. Um, I I do have a PS4. I don't have a PS5 because yeah, they're still a pain to get hold of. But and uh, I I don't play it enough really to justify spending the money on one right now. So, um, I because of that. Uh, I, I possibly will actually get Last of Us w- when it comes out on PC, which is later in uh, it's March, isn't it? I think March third. Yeah, March third. Three so, twenty-three. Yes, that's right. So <clears throat> I might pick up the Last of Us when that version gets released onto PC finally, um, just to play through it again because it's I, I played it when it came out on PS3, and I haven't played any version of it since then and obviously they've made a number of improvements since then and this is going to be a very different version so um i i it is in the area that i do like uh in that i i don't really play fps games if i'm playing those sort of 
longer format games i like the naughty dog stuff like uncharted and i like the sort of story driven things i tend not to go down the route of horror things if they're just fps horror stuff and not my sort of game i mean my my main jam is base building games that's what i play but um story driven stuff that's got a really good solidly written story like uncharted like the last of us uh, or big open world games like the rpgs like the witcher that sort of thing mm-hmm. those are my kind of main genres is 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 story open world um base building that's the stuff that i play and i mean the the probably the favorite my favorite game of recent years has been the subnautica games because they're a kind of big combination of a lot of that stuff it's got a really nice story that runs through it um but there is a lot of base building and uh it's also a big open world so it it ticks all the boxes for me it's exactly the sort of thing i love playing uh it's not as narrative driven as something like the last of us but there is quite a nice story to it particularly uh below zero which is the the follow-up game um yeah but again like you say the the second game improving on the first which is exactly what you want you know so mm-hmm. um uh but yeah I, you know if i am going to go down the route of of playing this sort of game um i i want a very strong narrative with it you know uh and and certainly last of us does that and i am quite looking forward to going back and playing it again on the pc release i think cool nice um yeah so that's that's uh because I'm, I'm more of the sort of like cod player and platform games yeah, you and, see, I... and, and, and those sorts of things so yeah. which if even i find difficult to play cod sometimes especially when people are sliding and jumping around corners which i really really hate but uh <laughs> yeah those are my sorts of games um i mean some of my favorite genres of games is like third person action like the last of us and you know red dead and uncharted yeah. gears of war those sorts red of Dead's things another great example so, yeah yeah uh, Beth writes here and says, my first time writing in for T. Lou. Uh, it's been such a delight for a while to hear Matt talk about the series as uh, his passion absolutely shines through. I also think it's great to have David to bounce off of and chat with. Please never change. Um, that's very nice of you to, to write in for Aww. that. Uh, so th- thank you for, for, for saying that very much. Um, yeah, you, you know, but we have a lot of things that, you know, we like on sort of a base level, but I suppose for... You know, there's certain properties I can certainly name mine of of those that I really really like, and there's certain things that you just you care about on on the extra level. Um, for me, it would be things yeah like Last of Us, Last of Us, sorry, um, Toy Story, Crash Bandicoot, Spider Man, Batman as well. Um, there's probably other stuff as well. Like I I really really like The Incredibles. The only difference with things like The Incredibles, it's been kind of inactive. Uh, yeah, because you know, we we waited what fourteen years between film one and two, and even the the second film's five years old at this point. So, um, but you know, I, I grew up on those Disney Pixar films, um, and then you know, grew up on the PS one era of games. Um, you know, those sort of like Abe and Crash, and I, w- I was never really a Spyro person. My uh, other one was sort of like Ratchet and Clank and everything. So that was cool. Uh, but no, thank you very much for for writing into that. And yeah, it's great to have you here, David. Um, you know, somebody to bounce off of and you've like you know pl- played played the first game in, in the past and that so you've got like a, the, the memories of it and stuff um so it's interesting to kind of you know pick your brain for those sorts of things but um 
yeah, I'm, I'm glad I made the decision to do like a individual Last of Us podcast. I mean, when I when I came up with the idea of like, okay, I'm not just going to do game reviews. I'm going to do a whole thing is because, especially with the second game, there's a lot of characters introduced and things like that. Um, and I wanted to sort of like delve into into a lot of stuff. It really kind of expands the world that the second game. And plus, I I think at that point when I made the podcast. We either, there was either rumours about the show or the show was confirmed, I can't quite remember, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to make a podcast that just slots into both, so mm-hmm. that's been great. Um, Jack writes in and says, I saw some comments, even articles, uh, about Tess's kiss scene and how it's controversial. Is it uh, meant to be, it is meant to be also implied that um, her and Joel were sleeping together? That's his uh, second question. Yes. Yeah, well, it... <laughs> Well, they were. They were. I mean, the, the, no, I'm not. I'm not making that comment about that. That's more yeah. about the the, the kiss thing. But, um, yeah, yeah the with the with was... the Joel and um, Tess, because uh, I think Neil um, said in the in the commentary, which you can enable for uh, enable for part one, he said about like, hey, there's like an implication that you know that they've they've had something between them. Um, there's no sort of specific scene that shows that. I mean, they possibly did. I mean, if you look at the state of the well, world that they're in. And you know, two two the, adults, the, that kind of in, thing. In the so. TV show, they were sleeping together because I mean, she turns, she 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 comes in from on the TV show. She comes in and, and oh, yeah, that quick bed, bed scene, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She falls into bed with him. I mean, clearly these are two people that are very close and are sleeping together. You know, there is a relationship between the two of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, whether it's sort of casual or whatever, but but they certainly know each other very well. And the way she does it is, you know, clearly that that is how they live. They live together. So mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, in the TV show, certainly those versions of those characters, there is there is that. Um, the the kiss scene, I mean, no, it's not controversial particularly. I I don't think I know. I wouldn't be- even describe it as a kiss scene. No, I, and it's not really a, a, a kiss scene. The and and the way the way Craig talks about it, because I mean, I don't know whether you read it, read any of the interviews, but but what no. Craig's expo- Craig's explanation for it is basically that. Um, the entire purpose of the virus is to attach, is to spread. That's what a virus does. You know, that's what the infection is trying to do. It's trying to spread itself to other people. So, and the reason that comes across that, you know, there's no reason why that should be violent in a particular, you know, the reason it's violent in most cases is because people don't want to be infected. So they fight it. And his argument for that was if you're prepared to just stand there and let it happen, there's no reason why it would attack you as such, you know, and the tentacles come out of the mouth. So the sort of mouth to mouth contact is a perfectly valid way of it transmitting from one person to another. So, that's the way the scene kind of developed into what it was and logically that makes perfect sense to me yeah you know, if you look because, at the function of what was happening yeah yeah if you look at the function of of what it was trying to do you know the 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 virus is the or the the infection is trying to spread um you are Tess at that point is resigned. You know, I mean, she's already infected anyway, so she's resigned to getting you know this this thing directly coming and infect uh, and, and trying to infect her. 
and she's going to stand there and let it happen. So there's no reason that it would suddenly kind of take her head off because why would it do that when it could potentially infect another person who's prepared to stand there and do it? It's not going to try and do it violently because, you know, you could damage the vessel that you're trying to infect. So, um, you know, if you're not fighting back, then, yeah, that it seems perfectly reasonable. I, I didn't really have any issue with that scene. And then I started. No, I didn't either. I started seeing sort of things afterwards, like the, you know, talking about uh, that controversial kiss scene. I was like, well, what was controversial about that? I didn't. Yeah. That's, any... technically, that's technically this week's episode. So, yeah. Uh, that's why we started to see things come out for it. But yeah, this wasn't a case of just like, oh, people moaning online. There was actual articles I saw getting posted about it. Yeah. Um, and it was like, oh, like it, it was very disturbing for some viewers. And it's like, that's kind of meant to be the case. Well, yeah, no, it, it is. I mean, it's a, it's a horror series. It's like, a it's, I, image, I still disagree but... with the fact that, like, oh, it's a zombie show. It's not a zombie show yeah. um, or a zombie story even. Um, but like, yeah, it's supposed to, it's supposed to have, it's got horror elements to it, but it's a human story. Um, and I've, I've seen articles before of like, oh, the, the most romantic like kiss scenes on TV and things like that. And obviously this was a case where, so, oh, um, you know, viewers disturbed by I don't, I don't know which viewers they were speaking to, what, what, whatever. And it was like, oh, the, th- the thing is, these articles pop up, and the chances are the person that was disturbed by it was probably one person on Twitter, <laughs> yeah. you know, and they yeah. and they make up these articles and they gain a life of their own because they all start to feed back into each other. Um, and you know, because one person posts something that gets traction, then nobody verifies the f- the first story, so it it then becomes this kind of self fulfilling prophecy of of you know some one person was disturbed by it, somebody writes an article on it, other places pick that up, and then it gets quite you know they they question because they're trying to post things about Last of Us that they then, you know, if they've got an interview with Craig Basden, they then ask him about it, and then it becomes a bigger story because he's <laughs> answered it. So, it, yeah, yeah it, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, there is nothing controversial about any of that. It's it just it's the internet being the internet, you know. Mm. It was just funny when I saw specific headlines, like, describing it as a kissing scene. I was like, that's not what that was. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, like if you want to talk about, I don't know, who, who's a couple on TV, Rick and Michonne, a kissing scene from them. Like, they are human beings that kiss, um, such as, you know, other couples on TV. But, um, you, you could almost kind of tell, kind of tell as well the design of some of the headlines was like, oh, you shouldn't watch the, the, the show because it is like, it, it, it will disturb you. So, like, to, to put you off, disturb you, um... To, to like sway people away um almost, yeah. almost almost as if some of them were maybe written by people that i don't know didn't like the game and they didn't watch people to watch the show but then <laughs> hey 22 million people have been watching it so uh yeah it was uh it was interesting i didn't quite even because i know we, we saw the episode a bit earlier than when it's come out i didn't even have that in my mind when i was when i was watching it because i was more thinking about the function of of the scene and you know test with the lighter and all this kind of stuff um a couple of interesting other comments I did see about that was like um, within like her character, her sort of freezing up and how kind of cool that was and everything. And I, I agree with those parts of that as well in, in the way that like, okay, yeah, she did kind of freeze up. She did have that human moment where, because even though she is going to die anyway, because she is infected, 
Um, it was her kind of having this horror of sort of... Because she's got two things kind of going on, right? She's really desperately trying to get this lighter lit, which is part of the tension of that. And even though she is already infected, this, like, horrible stalker um, infected thing is, like, slowly walking up to her. And it's that case of, like... Can she get the lighter lit before this thing comes up to yeah. her? And and those two things both kind of happen at the same time because as the tendrils are sort of going into her, and you, there's like a brief little moment as well where you can see like the color in her face sort of change, um, and then she drops it, so it kind of happens all in one go. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's what I was thinking when the scene was yeah. was happening. So also just the you know the differences between what was going on there as opposed to the game, which I already described. So. There we go. Uh, Abed has written in again, says, don't know if you remember me, but I used to write in for TWD and BB. I'm assuming that's The Walking Dead and Breaking Bad. Yeah, I do remember you. Um, I think you used to write in for 24, possibly, as well. <laughs> uh, so that's it's great to have you back. It's been great to follow you on here, too. I've seen some theories uh, about Abby appearing in the Season 1 finale and discussion on who should play her thoughts. Um, I'm not going to describe anything about abby's story uh, just simple do you know who that is just not, at like a base level not only on the level of she's one of the main characters in last of us part two right but right. that that's literally all i know okay okay i'm, I'm not going to describe anything about who she is or why she's in the story or anything because mm-hmm. it's a pretty big part of of things um I saw some, I took a screenshot of something earlier today, actually. There's been an actress's name who's floated around. Um, you saw you saw that Amazon show The Wilds, didn't you? Or at least some of it. A couple of episodes of it, I think, yeah. Yeah, it, it got, didn't it get cancelled after two seasons? Season yes. two came out, I didn't get round to it, then it got cancelled, so I didn't bother. Yes. Um, there's somebody in, I can't remember any of the characters' names, but there was somebody in the show called uh, Shannon Berry. Right. Um, who, yes, does look like Abby. Um, she's a very good actress from what I remember from the show. I mean, when I saw the first season was probably, what, two to three years ago, roughly. It, it's been a while. Um, I don't remember seeing in a ton of other stuff. Um, of course, this is like fan casting and things like that. Although a few po- people did kind of point out um, that the main accounts of sort of uh, Ashley, Troy, Neil, Craig, HBO, she started they, they started following her and following back and, and that sort of stuff. That doesn't really mean that she's working on the show. It might just mean that she's a fan or t- who knows. Um, yeah, there's been... I can't really explain how it would work because it would get into spoilers, which I don't want to do. Um, so yeah, she, she is a character in Lost of Us Part 2. Um, I don't think... Now again, unless there's a way that I'm not thinking of, because I'm not the person making the show, uh, an inventive way and an interesting way they can think of to include her in the end of Season 1... Um, obviously that could be done in a way that I can't think of that might be good in a way that I'm not expecting Uh, that's entirely possible Um, I think that should work the same way it does in the games which would mean no season 1 appearance Um, I can see how a cameo of sorts would fit into the end of season 1 you could do that The, the thing is with the end of the first game and if you were to sort of because this isn't like the MCU you know like the MCU you get the end of I don't know Black Panther or something and like okay that's the story finished and it's like oh are we, are we gonna get a post credit scene and then the post credit scene gives you a nugget of sort of here's another character or a character's spoken to somebody or done something and you'll see that character again in this film and it's you know rolled on and on and on that way and it's been very successful 
you could possibly make it work that way for The Last of Us, but uh, and you could do that as a post-credit scene. The thing is, because the end of the first game, and I won't say anything about anything to do with it, is so dramatic and so deep and so important, um, and I think includes the biggest and the most important scene in the entire series, um, I think you want to let that breathe and really let... Because the, there's been, even since 2013, which is, what, 10 years ago now, there's been debates over and over and over again about... Again, I won't give any context, but about the ending and, like, deep, deep discussions about that. Um, I think that you need to let that conversation and that sort of, like... For, for people that haven't played played the games, really let that sit there. Because you really want to... Like, even after the credits have played out and the HBO thing has come up, like, even when it takes you back to the, the, the main menu or whatever of HBO, do you want to still be thinking about the ending, uh, which I assume is going to be the, the season one finale? So, if you were to, like, okay, credits come up and, like, th- this character pops up and it's like, oh, who is she? It might, I mean, you'll still be thinking about the end of the, end of the season, certainly, because it, it is such a massive, massive thing. But, um, I don't know, again, it could work in a way that I'm not expecting. I just really want them to let that last, what will probably be the last scene, um, really breathe and really let you think about what it is. Because then what should happen is the two years or so in between this uh, end of first season and second season for people to still be kind of talking about that. Because that will be such a massive talking point. And even though you do have scenes like Ellie and Joel meeting for the first time and Sarah's death and all this other kind of stuff... I think what happens in the at the end of the first game is the biggest and most important scene from the game. So, um, just just let it sit with 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 the audience. I think is a, a good good way to go. Again, I've not got Neil Druckmann or Craig Mazin's brains, so they might be thinking of a, of a more inventive way to do a season one finale uh, that does include Abby possibly. But we'll see. I mean, we'll find out in uh, not too long of of time when that finale happens. Um, David, I know you don't have any context as to what I'm talking about with Abby, but um, obviously you know the end of the first game. Um, I mean, how could you forget it? Uh, how how do you think that should kind of sit with a potential, let's say, cameo introduction of a different character? The thing from a TV perspective that you have to sort of also bear in mind is the fact that they didn't know whether they were going to come back for a second season. Right. I, I mean, yeah. you know, yes, they'll have faith in the show, but to to cast somebody who would then be in a such a major role um from a tv production point of view that actually might be quite difficult cuz obviously they've they've shot all this yeah know? that would have already been filmed if that's happened it, yeah. if that's happened it would have already been filmed so I mean, I don't know. It's that that's also quite tricky because you're essentially tying that actor up to say, okay, we, you know, we're going to shove you in in this little cameo in the end of the first season, and um, but you've then got to sign that actor for a contract yeah. to to you know. So if they do get picked up. And and then, but there is monetary 
value to that because if if it doesn't get picked up they may have to pay out that contract because that actors had to wait for you know and had to turn down other work so schedules and all that sort of stuff yeah yeah, there is put it this way there is a reason that when michonne first showed up on the walking dead she was in silhouette so you couldn't see her face um you know because they hadn't cast the actress for it at that time um so i I I suspect probably not because they didn't know how this was going to go. They didn't know how this was going to get picked up. So it, it sort of wouldn't necessarily make sense for it to have a cameo at the end of it uh, for for the next one. Um, you know, people are thinking about this of like, well, I'm sure they knew. Well, you know, it's a massive hit. Well, yes, it's a massive hit, but they didn't know it was going to be a massive hit. I mean, it could have fallen on its face for all they knew. Mm, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they have faith in it, but. Um, and thought it was a good show, but you don't know, and you don't know whether you're going to get picked up again. So I think it's unlikely, just from a practical perspective, I think it's unlikely. I mean, I could be wrong. They might have found a way to do it. They might pull somebody, they might cast somebody for season two and pull them into a studio and film something on the side um, that they can tag on to the end of it. Uh, but I, I think you're right. I think it sort of makes more sense to to leave the final episode to breathe, you know. Um, and not suddenly tag something on for a new season when they've not even started like filming or casting it or anything as far as mm-hmm. we're aware at the moment. Yeah. Speaking of Last of Us 2, which should line up with season two, if anybody actually did think the kiss scene was disturbing, you you not seen anything yet <laughs> happens in, in the second game. Uh, we get into all sorts of things, and uh, I'm very, very excited to see how that how that translates. So... Good stuff. Uh, discussion on who should play her. Um, I mean, maybe the woman's name who we we just mentioned, uh, possibly. Um, I, I I can probably say the age of this character. She's like, I think she's supposed to be slightly older than Ellie. Because e- Ellie, at that point, um, when Ab- Abby's introduced, is cause obviously this is after a, a bit of a time jump, is 19. Um, I think that, I don't remember them clearly saying how old Abby's supposed to be, but she's... I would say she's around twenty-five-ish, mid mid twenties, roughly, maybe late twenties, um, around about roughly my age, sort of. Right. Um. So, because people were throwing around like uh, Yvonne Strahovski, who I who I'd, I'd re- suggested before, some people said like uh, Florence Pugh, uh, and I saw some of this discussion come out today because obviously it got renewed for season two, so people were uh, speculating about that. Um. Both very, very good actresses. Florence Pugh, obviously, from uh, the MCU, Yelena. And obviously, you've got uh, Yvonne, who's been in 24, and she's currently uh, in, in Handmaid's Tale and whatnot. Um, yeah. I, way out of that age bracket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I thought about it a little bit, but th- those are two names that I've kind of thought of. But then when I've been thinking about who who should play Abby, I've not necessarily thought about her age, necessarily. Um, so we shall... We shall see. But uh, if if they cast this this uh, woman who speculated the player, I think I, I said her name is Shannon Berry, it could be good. Who knows? Uh, we'll see um, how it works. I suppose it's a different thing as well in terms of, okay, okay, they've already proved in terms of, you know, not only can we cast our characters as, you know, our, our actors as, as these characters, really great um, actors in the roles. But again, it's a like characterization. And this isn't a question about her acting ability, but it's like, okay, 
even though she is a good actress, does she have the specific ability to pull off Abby's specific traits? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know enough about the actress to to, to tell you about that. So because I think yeah. I've only seen her in the wilds, which again she was great in, but I don't sort of like know know the actress. Um, like whenever when you saw news popping up about Pedro as Joel. We'd seen him in Game of Thrones and Mandalorian and some other stuff. And it was like, yeah, we, we, we knew he could definitely do it. So we shall see. Um, but anyway, we've got to get through like the rest of the half portion of the, the first game before we get to any of that um, and see who these two other characters are. So anyway, we'll continue with that with episode... What's next one? Five. So we've got five, six, five. seven, eight, and nine. Yes, we've got five, uh, five episodes left. Some of them might be a bit longer. Some of them might be a bit shorter. But we shall see. Uh, anyway, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, games, films, main night podcast. Take a look out for what we do over there. Uh, for all that stuff, um, entertainmenttalk.org, podcast platforms, entertainment talk, for all those things. Uh, you can also support us by telling other people about what we're doing and where they can find it. Uh, and also, not just in terms of recommending the podcast, tell people about this show. It's really good, you know. Mm. It's, it's a pretty good show. Don't know if you could tell, but we we think it's very good. Uh, so tell people. Uh, I did also see some things today pop up that um, the first episode's free on Now TV and HBO and things like that. So okay. if you've not been able to pay for that stuff, I, apparently the first episode's free on certain places. So uh, go and check it out there. But yeah, tell people about the show as well. So got that. Uh, but yeah, word of mouth, social media, let people know about the podcast and about the show, which it's uh, talking about as well. Uh, Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers for your free podcast review options. Have a look out for that as well if you'd like to. Uh, TV and film news over on Geek Town. Uh, David, what's happening over there? Um, but lots of renewals, including um, The Last of Us, and there's been a couple of others. Mm-hmm. Netflix actually renewed, renewed something uh, weirdly wow. as well. And, uh, <laughs> Fox have renewed some of their animations, so there's lots of that. There are also some cancellations as well, so they're up there. Uh, so there's lots of news and bits and pieces come out this week, so you can go check all that out on geektown.co.uk. Uh, podcast this week, um, we talked about that 90s show, uh, Schmigadoon, and a few other bits and pieces although by the time this episode goes out there'll be another episode of the uh, podcast by then so uh, you'll be able to uh, uh, check that out it should have bex on it i think the one that comes out when this episode goes out so uh, yeah you you be uh, go and check that out and that's of course geek down radio you can find that wherever you get your podcasts as well so uh, lots of stuff up on the website all the air date information and all that sort of stuff and the never miss system and everything so go and check out geektown.co.uk for all of that excellent yeah geektown.co.uk geektown radio for all your tv and film news check that out as well uh bex who we just mentioned you can find her uh twitch streams over on of course twitch trista b-y-t-e-s go and um find her on that platform and watch her stuff she does classic retro chat and game streams and all that good fun stuff over there if you want to find me for my um sometimes streams over on twitch at etalk uk you can search for etalk uk over on twitch and if you miss any of those the game clips or the other episodes of things career mode episodes uh youtube entertainment talk plays thanks very much for listening and we'll see you for episode five for us in just over a week or so uh but for you next (laughs) week but uh stay tuned for all the other stuff that we do as well because obviously there'll be other things as well thanks for listening and we'll see you next time goodbye bye